This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. Hello, my name's Tracy, and I'm joined by my mates, Blake and Craig. Hey, guys. Hey, Trace. How you going? G'day, Trace. Excited for this one. How you going, guys? So in last week's episode, we covered the magical world of NFTs and touched a little on the way gaming interacts with this world of cryptocurrencies. We talked about how people were getting uber-rich selling CryptoPunk cartoon NFTs for millions of dollars, but we also talked about how gaming offered more of a used case for the NFT space. Gaming is getting a lot of airtime at the moment, and even more so now with the recent news from Facebook as they rebrand to Meta. This is all part of the same sphere, and we'll explore this a little further in today's episode. The gaming industry is currently worth $180 billion, up 23% from 2020. So you can assume that the pandemic played a part in this, but the industry is very hot right now. So, you know, for me, all these hours I spent playing FIFA might actually be worth something one day. But you must be thinking, you know, how is this actually turning into an investment opportunity? So think about how awesome it would be if you can log into your favorite game and actually earn money as you play. Now, you don't need to be a professional gamer to do this anymore. You can just be playing a game that you generally enjoy. This is now reality with play-to-earn features that these crypto games now offer. Yeah, exactly right, Craig. And I think the gaming has really evolved quite a lot since the 90s. You know, when I started gaming, I was playing Nintendo 64, um, Mario Kart on a console that was you know, <laughs> which was super fun. And then, you know, as I got a bit older, I started playing PlayStation and network games like Halo. And now these virtual worlds are, are taking it, you know, one step further and they're becoming these fully immersive virtual worlds that are analogous to the real world. And these virtual worlds are becoming, uh, are generating their own economies. They have goods and services that you can buy and sell. Um, their supply and demand dynamics um, for things like characters, skills, goods, land, and even some of them have their own currencies. Um, And as I mentioned, you know, these places are becoming less of a game and, and more of a virtual world. Yeah, and look, I was not a gamer growing up. That wasn't really my bag, but I do have two small boys and they are gamers. And look, like you've said, these games are becoming their own economies. And a good example of that uh, is my son asked me just recently for some cash to make an in-game purchase 
on Roblox, which is a really popular game right now, and and he wanted to buy a bandana to make his little avatar dude look cool. So there's actually real money coming into that game. And, you know, games such as Fortnite, which have generated over $10 billion of in-game purchases over the past few years, are hugely popular. And they can do this by offering, you know, in-game purchases by way of these rare skins, as skins are things that you get dressed in or buy in game and those are things also like guns or or, um, swords or what have you and they offer different battle passes and other things that you might need to unlock the next level. Now, you can imagine uh, actually purchasing those things and then being able to sell them in the real world or take them to another game or even being able to make a profit on these. And that's where these new crypto-style games differ to such games as Fortnite. Games like Star Atlas, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, allow you to buy your items as an NFT. And we spoke about NFTs or non-fungible tokens in a previous podcast, so you can go back and give that a a listen. But these carry real-world value and you can actually take them out of the game. So you can put your Atlas spaceship uh, on display in another one of these metaverses altogether. So there will be a lot of other creative uses um, for these things and they'll be in high demand for these for these game assets. So what this means is that they'll end up being entire in-game economies um, being built out. Yeah, that's a really important point that you raise. Now, you can buy items on Fortnite and then when you're ready to move on and play Minecraft, you can't sell your Fortnite skin or you can't sell your Fortnite sword because... It's all stuck in Fortnite, whereas in the new ecosystem that you're referring to, the idea is that you'll be able to sell your Fortnite bandana, get some in-game tokens, then go to Minecraft and buy a weapon with those in-game tokens. So that's, you know, really the metaverse economy that we're all talking about. With that in mind, how do we actually get the money out of the game that we're playing, Blake? Yeah, but just speaking to that last point, you know, it could be the case that over time that all these metaverses, they join up with one another and that they become one ultraverse. But yeah. Ultraverse, um, <laughs> we should brand that. The ultraverse. <laughs> <laughs> but um, play to earn is is really interesting. And um, one of the key games um, that has you know, come to prominence in the crypto space is called Axie Infinity. And Axie Infinity was designed to teach people how to play you know, play to earn games. Um, so it was the first iteration of the game and it's kind of like you, you buy these um, cards to play and they kind of look like Pokemon and it costs about $600 US dollars to get started and then you use these cards to go into battle and you play other people and you can earn um, smooth love potion tokens and whenever you <laughs> whenever you whenever you win um, you get some of these tokens and then you can sell them down for real world cash and this has turned into a massive industry in the Philippines. You know, there's millions of players globally now and people are quitting their jobs because they can earn a better living inside some of these games. I think it's just an indication of how huge this market's going to be. Already the gaming industry is worth like 3 
there's 3.2 billion gamers globally and it's generating tremendous amounts of, of revenue. That's madness and that's some huge numbers and that's why a lot of people are betting on the success of these games. For example, people are buying you know, the in-game tokens to earn the fees. So if the game is extremely addictive you know, and it gets adopted by a lot of people on a large scale, it means that those coins and those NFTs will end up being worth a lot of money. It's really interesting to see where this will end up. Like as Blake mentioned, the Philippines are playing Axie Infinity and now people are actually buying these expensive Axie Pokemons that Blake mentioned and hiring people from the Philippines to play and share the in-game rewards. It's creating a pretty crazy industry and who knows, you might even see Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan hiring gaming teams for their <laughs> NFT portfolios, but it's it's just crazy stuff. And because there's a high barrier to entry, often these Filipino players or people in, in emerging economies need sponsors from the first world to allow them to to share their their resources so that they can work together to generate a revenue from these games so it's created this environment where people in the west are hiring you know people in the east to to play on their behalf a friend of ours now has 27 players in the philippines that are playing axie infinity on his behalf and he's looking to scale this to over a hundred players in the next couple of weeks so pretty fascinating to see how where this all ends up he's going to be so happy that we've mentioned him on the podcast <laughs> To summarise what we've been talking about, gaming and these different universes and in-game economies and things like that is what are commonly called the metaverse. So think about the Ready Player One movie if you've ever seen that. And if you haven't, go and watch it because it's pretty much exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, and the metaverse is a bit commonly misunderstood like the metaverse isn't actually a website that you go into to engage like a metaverse is the concept of a highly immersive virtual world where people gather to socialize play and work so yeah let's talk now about meta which is the newly renamed facebook and what zuckerberg plans to achieve and how this fits into what we're talking about now so meta is referencing the metaverse so for me personally i i don't use facebook anymore and i actually thought this may be the phasing out of facebook and the phasing out of zuckerberg and we were kind of over and done with that which i was happy with because i'm not a big facebook fan But he's got his hooks back into us now and he's come up with Meta. He's rebranded because the young people of now don't use Facebook, you know. It's kind of in the past and I thought that it was done with. But Meta and the Metaverse, this is truly now. This is truly what's happening. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because I think you're right. Young people don't use Facebook anymore. They're not engaging with it like people did, you know, five years ago. And transitioning Facebook to a metaverse is really a stroke of genius if they're able to execute. But I don't really know what they have planned. I know that Facebook and and Meta have been making investments into virtual reality companies and augmented reality companies for years now. So the writing may have been on the wall. But I suspect that the vision is for Facebook games, Facebook marketplaces, communication between communities will all form part of the Facebook metaverse and they will probably have their own currency as well inside this, um, which is also fascinating. But it's also a little bit creepy. You know, Facebook doesn't have (laughs) a very good track record of managing people's privacy and you know, living in Facebook world, you know, 
kind of, um, you know, uh, is a little bit scary. Yeah, exactly. What are your thoughts, Craig? Yeah, I was just listening to you guys and just thinking, you know, Tracy, you mentioned that your kids are playing Roblox. Is that where kids are hanging out now? They're hanging out in Roblox, Minecraft, and that's where they chat to each other. So they don't, there's not really a need for Facebook anymore, is there? Not really, I guess. Yeah, I think it's more about virtual though, isn't it? It's about an experience or being in the one place or... Yeah, look, I'm not I'm again, I'm not sure where it's going to go. Like Blake said, it's just going to be it's going to be interesting to see, but perhaps we put a pin in that one there and you know, we keep a close eye on it and see how it develops. So, I think we're going to go to an ad break from here and when we get back, we're going to go over some of the other games that are out there and have a closer look. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. So let's have a look at some of the games that are out there, starting with Alluvium, Craig. Yeah, Alluvium isn't out yet, but it's quite similar to Axie where it's a game where you can earn the ILV token. Now, the ILV token has been on a run lately um, as more trailers and previews of the game come out. But the trailer that I saw is that you actually battle people on Alluvium and the winner gets Ethereum. It's like a Tekken-style fighter game which just looks awesome. Something to note is that Alluvium will actually be built on Immutable X, which is an Aussie company. Now, remember when we spoke about Ethereum and the skyscrapers on Ethereum? They're referred to as Layer 2s. Now, Layer 2s are side chains of Ethereum that figure out a way to transact with no gas fees and faster transaction times. Now, this is what Immutable X is, which is pretty cool because if you want to buy and sell in-game assets with the Alluvium Exchange, it could be done so cheaply and quickly. And I think these solutions are going to be really key for mainstream adoption of NFT gaming. So yeah, Alluvium, it's not out yet, but it's it's looking pretty cool. So check it out. But what have you got for us, Blake? I'm going to talk about Star Atlas. And Star Atlas is one of the most ambitious games to ever be built. And it's expected to take seven to 10 years to fully develop. It hasn't even been released yet, but there's so much excitement around it and you know, the metaverse that they're going to build out. And it's done in a futuristic space theme. And people can, you know, um, be pilots, they can be fighters, they can be janitors, and they can be miners in the game, and, and all sorts of characters. And um, you can buy things like spaceships and um, cool alien weapons and, and all sorts of things. And all the assets are, are NFTs, which means that the user owns them. There's also going to be like an in-game currency. And over time, the game is going to move towards being decentralized, which means that There'll be a governance token as well, so the participants in the game can contribute to the decision-making and the direction in which the game develops. And interestingly, a friend of mine is currently saving up to buy one of the starships in Star Atlas. Uh, it's worth about 30000 US dollars, and he doesn't know what you'll be able to do with it in-game yet, but he knows it's going to be important. <laughs> 
we were just saying earlier that Craig and I were also looking at buying one of these ships a few months ago. We wished we had, then we looked at how much they were and then we kind of looked down at all the other cheaper things we could buy and there were smaller ships and smaller ships and then we were like, we could buy a poster, which was like <laughs> half an F. But I really like the look of Star Atlas too and I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I think the graphics on it look amazing and I'm not even a gamer and I'm saying that so it looks super cool. But the two that you guys have just covered off then are games in the true sense of the word. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about something called Decentraland, which is another metaverse. Like, like we explained earlier, this is like digital land. So virtual property is something that is hugely popular right now. And some people think that this might one day become larger than the real thing. And Decentraland is the biggest player in this space right now. It's very, very popular. And this is a community-owned virtual land that's built upon the Ethereum blockchain. It has a bunch of parcels of land that exist um, as NFTs or non-fungible tokens, as we've explained in last week's NFT episode. So each parcel of land is different as it is on a different part of the map of Decentraland. And each one of these parcels of land can be customised or built upon um, like in the real world. And there are different plazas and different districts. And some of these are owned privately or some of them are owned by the Decentraland community. So users can buy and sell on these parcels of land. They can set up their own little shops where they can buy and sell goods that are, you know, wearables. And there's shopping centers and malls and art galleries. You know, Nike's even got a store there where you can, you know, buy your own virtual Nikes. And you can take the those Nikes that you've just bought back to your own plot of land where you might have built a little gallery and you can have these on display. And you can even bring your other NFTs, like Craig, if you've got your seal with a bandana, you can bring that into Decentraland and put that there on the wall in your little art gallery with your Nikes. So all items in Decentraland marketplace use MANA, our token, to purchase in here. And this currency also is used for voting within the community. So Decentraland became popular also because of COVID, when COVID hit last year, because you couldn't do any in-person meetups. They were basically impossible. So they were hosting a lot of different events inside there. And Decentraland and Binance actually teamed up to fight the pandemic and do a bit of a fundraiser, and they were selling in-game wearable face masks. This sounds like a lot like Sims, Tracy. Are you saying it's pretty much like a decentralised virtual sims where you can buy and show off stuff you know what i'd love to say that i know what sims is completely i've heard of sims but i don't honestly know what <laughs> you know the that? game sims is blake you know sims uh, i know i know sims and it's probably quite similar but i've never played it so is that what sims is yeah sims is literally like you have like a virtual world on playstation but and you just like like build shit <laughs> And like raise okay. a family and shit. Like it's crazy. Really? Yeah. Oh it's my wild. god. Like I see it advertised. Like I see it pop up everywhere. And like people talk about Sims, like World of Warcraft and that, where you can. It, it obviously, yeah, maybe. So Decentraland is is huge. Like you've got the auction house. Christie's bought land in there. Like Nike's bought land in there. Everyone's buying land in there. It's gone mental. And the token Manor has had a huge pump in the last six months. You know, because to interact in there, you need to use the Manor token. Yeah, so that's Decentraland, which is, you know, is hugely popular. What happens when the land all runs out? They can build more. The idea of having a decentralized game is that you can, you know, as long as there's community participation, the, the world can keep growing. 
Yeah, and, and what they were saying too is with those with the community tokens in voting rights, you can decide to um, change the boundaries. So if someone's arguing about boundaries, you can change the boundaries of the district. If someone wants to put a casino in their district and they're not licensed for that, you can. You know, it's like a real little community. You know, it's it's madness. So these casinos in there, can you actually do shit with real money? Yeah, hundred percent. Which is why the mana token it keeps going up and up, even when we're you know we're having pullbacks, mana keeps going up. You know, so so you can. You can go into a casino in Decentraland and gamble with the mana token. Right now. <laughs> that is crazy. I know. It's madness. It's the Wild West. <laughs> so, look, there you go. We've got um, Star Atlas, Alluvium and Decentraland that we've covered off of you just there. Today we're excited to introduce a new segment to the podcast, The Listener Question. We've really loved reading the feedback we've received via our podcast at getbamboo.io email address. So thanks for taking the time to write in. This week, we're going to reply to a listener named Tom who writes, Hey guys, I'm struggling to get my head around staking. What is this? How does it work? What are some of the risks? What are some of the benefits? My crypto platform offers this feature. Thanks for writing in, Tom. So Blake, do you want to give us a summary on staking? So yeah, that's a really good question. And staking means that, you know, you own a stake in the network and you're basically lending your computing power uh, to secure the network. So there's two ways in which you can secure the network. There's mining and there's staking. Mining means that you, you don't necessarily have to have a stake in the network to be able to secure it. Whereas with staking, it means that you do have to own some tokens in the network in order to secure it. And this creates different incentives. And if you're lending your coins and processing power to secure the network, you get rewarded in native token. So if you have 32 Ethereum, you can stake on the Ethereum network. But there's also staking pools where you can pool your tokens with other people to reach the 32 Ethereum threshold. So then you can stake together and then share in the rewards. And I think at the moment, if you stake your Ethereum, you can get about 4% per annum on the amount that you stake, uh, which is you know, a great way of generating passive income. And it works really well because it creates incentives for those that hold Ethereum to also contribute to the security and the processing uh, throughput on the network. I must also add on to that, um, which would be what are some of the risks? I think the risks of staking from a financial perspective is you've got to pay a fee to stake and a fee to unstake. So, you know, if you're planning on staking $50 worth of Ethereum and the staking fee is $10, then you're already 20% down. So you have to stake for five years to get that back. So I think it's just thinking about weighing up the fee in and out before getting into it. Thanks, guys. Hopefully we've cleared that up for you, Tom. But if it still doesn't make sense or you want some more resources, we'll link some further reading in the show notes below. And that's it for today's episode. Please keep the questions coming about what you want to know about crypto and send us an email at podcast at getbamboo.io or follow us on social media. All those details are in the show notes below. And don't forget to rate us and review us on your podcast app. That's really important. Thanks for listening. I'm Tracy. I'm Blake. I'm Craig. See you later. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. 
Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In a spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.